Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck, for Christ's sake. Man, it's been loud, so long. I, I was like starting to die a couple times because there was no one telling me not to. <laughs> Ridiculous. Right, yeah. You went to Petaluma. Isn't that a place people go to die? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, there are some old folks there, but it has been gentrified. Let it me tell a, you. It's a quaint little town. I don't know how long you've known Mike Mart, Chuck, but let me tell you a little bit of the history of Mike Mart. So uh, uh, he he was, uh, I just had a conversation with somebody today about Mike Mart, how great Mike Mart is. Uh, I'll, oh, I won't, oh. I won't, I won't uh-huh. tell, I won't tell that story because why blow my ragging on him for two years <laughs> i won't i won't talk good about him like i do in real life but uh mike mart for some reason you tell me mike he had this whole thing in morro bay where you could go to morro bay and kick drugs and it was like mike mart's uh, rehab do you remember this mike that what? is correct bob what do you win i had a house before morro bay was popular uh it was a family house and we used to go there because we didn't know anybody to get drugs from and we would quit drugs and then we would come and back did you to try to help me get off drugs up there i one did time and, and you disappeared up- with some giant indian dude <laughs> And he ended up in a fucking bar, and then you brought him back, and he knew where to get the speed, and it just turned into a nightmare yeah, yeah. when you were there. That, but, was a, you know, that wasn't a nightmare. That was a party. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we will. Uh, we, will uh, we will. We will say that uh, one of our dear friends that we recently saw down at the Ohana Fest. Yes. Uh, I took him up there. And got been, sober there. Yeah, been yeah. Sober I remember ever that. He got sober there. Beautiful so experience. So Mike had this at Morro Bay rehab, right? When Mike got sober, <laughs> and I went up there, and I what he he was one for one. He did a a very a very dedicated listener who's listening right now, who knows we're talking about him, but not mentioning his name. He got sober there, so then Mike thought, well, I got so and so sober, I could probably get Mike uh, Bob sober. Yeah, and that was that, that was when that was when Mike's rehab success rate went from a hundred percent to fifty percent right. right away in one in one weekend. Yeah, that was amazing. yeah. I remember the first client that stayed sober. It was really exciting. <laughs> was 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 that uh, never to be mentioned person's name? Was he the first one that you brought up there? Um, I. Th- you know, no, there was others that, but they, you know, nobody stayed sober. <laughs> and and including you how that works, Wait, see how that works, did. Mike. Including myself, I after our friend got sober, he went up there because it, it was really bad, and uh, I took him out. I said, "Well, do people go to rehab bit? because things are really good?" No, no, yeah. it wasn't. A rehab. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it, was, it was a wine. It was cooler. Mike Mart's Morro Bay rehab. Yeah, but we you only kicked at- dope. We did. It was a. It was my. It was the very first harm reduction, actually, <laughs> because <laughs> because we just drank wine coolers. I said, "That's it. We're not drinking hard booze. We're going to drink wine coolers. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine." <laughs> 
Oh, Jesus. This is a rat <laughs> rehab after my own heart, right? And, and it worked. Yeah, but wine coolers, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah wine coolers might. <laughs> Those were Listen, great. You, you thank your lucky stars for wine coolers if you ever saw Mike Mart drinking whiskey. Let me tell you. Oh, wine coolers I can were imagine. A, wine a coolers blessing were like from the Lord Jesus. Yeah, wine coolers were it, like Kool-Aid. Everybody's <laughs> got a Mike Mart, and that's why we don't drink anymore. Right. Oh, so gracious. isn't Petaluma up near Morro Bay? Am I mistaken? Well, it's 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 about 40 minutes above San Francisco. Oh, where is Morro Bay above San Francisco or below? I have no fucking idea. It's oh, wait, north okay. of Santa Cruz. No, you're, you're right, nice. Chuck. It's not. It's I, south of Santa Cruz. <laughs> what am I saying? It's south of Santa Cruz and it is north of Santa Barbara. Two hours. Santa Barbara is halfway to Morro Bay. Santa Barbara oh, okay. is really nice. Santa Cruz needs a bath. So, well, anyway, and Petaluma is above San Francisco. Yeah, it's it's just. What the hell are you doing up there? You know, we've we've got a uh, we've got a satellite office up there. We've got five clients up there. Well, I mean, so I went up for the week and stayed on uh, stayed at Warren's ranch house up there with a couple horses, a couple goats. Crazy ass dog, and uh, did the groups in Petaluma. Good for you. That's, That's crazy. Fun. Was it? Fun? Are, are people are people staying sober in Petaluma? Yeah, people are staying sober. Not only that, but like I went up there, and on the first day, like I went up on Saturday, and then on the the first Monday, they wanted to go go karting, so I took them down to the Sonoma Raceway. And we, uh, they went on those little go-karts that do like 60 miles an hour and got crazy. We had a nice, uh, what, what, what are those called? <laughs> we had a nice you know, activity we don't, outing. We don't, we don't talk about the Warren Boyd wavelength philosophy. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of adrenaline uh, kind of uh, evocative, get your brain yep. f- uh, endorphins and dopamine pumping, right? That's the always whole I- been his thing. Right. The whole idea of while you were out there running that track going 65 miles an hour, an inch off the ground, I bet you weren't thinking about getting loaded. Wow. Right. Like you it. know, but I mean, th- when I met Warren, he had a whole motorcycle gang. Like there was well, a yeah. wavelength <laughs> motorcycle gang. Well, the last time the last time we went up to Sonoma as a group, we rode six of us rode up and it, it was. No, it was he used cool. to have like minions, like 40, 50 guys. Oh, no. Beach. Yeah, Long well, Beach. Terrifying. Was, Wavelengths was originally in Long Beach, I thought. We should do the history of Wavelengths. Because I'll tell you what, we had we had Warren on here one time, right? Uh, yeah. Warren's been doing it longer than I have. I mean, when you think about it, he's been doing he's been doing drug treatment in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. Five decades he's been doing this. And what was yeah, the TV maybe. show? What was the TV show? It was called The Cleaner. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was just one of those things where it's like they said, hey, can can you go up for a week? And I said, sure. And, uh, you know, it's six hours behind the windshield, six and a half hours, really, to get there if you do it right, right? And it's just like six and a half hours to do nothing but listening to music and clear my mind and sing loud because it can't hurt anybody's ears Elvis when I'm Costello, singing alone. I hope. Elvis of Costello. course, some Elvis, of but course. also for the drives like that, you know, what works crazy good on drives like that is Credence. 
Creedence Clearwater yeah, Creedence Revival good, just yeah. it, it really lends itself to travel, and so does Amy Mann. I don't know why, but it, it's you a know, weird Creedence, mix of do music. You, for, do you know that Creedence Clearwater would sometimes put out two albums in one albums year? in a year? I know <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> but some fantastic. of them, to be fair, some of them only had like five songs on them, six yeah, songs. So they do like a. 20 minute version of, of and, some and, Motown and, songs and covers. Yeah. Yeah. They do a lot yeah, of Motown. So let me let, so, so you went by yourself or the family went? Oh no. That was the only hard part about it is that bug and uh, Amy stayed home. So it was like, I would go out and talk to the goats. We'd be FaceTiming and then I'd have to give the goats voices. Cause bug would be like, what are the goats saying? And I say, and for some reason the goats were British. They'd be like, well, I don't know. Give me some trash. I'd like to eat some trash, please. And it was just hanging out with animals and being a goof and trying to get people to uh, so, to focus on what it was like before they got into like treatment. Sounds like you went people. a little cuckoo up there talking to goats and all. Oh, man, British I love Goats are freaking fantastic. They're <laughs> underrated. They really get a bad rap. They're <laughs> well, so much nicer than horses. Horses are I've, cool, but... And people, but. I've but thought horses. of getting goats here. They, you know, there's a goat service that that people like one canyon over from me used. You rent goats, and they come and they because because by law, because of California, you have to like get all the brush away from your house. And up here, it's like a nightmare, right? So mm-hmm. these people bring goats to your property, and you rent them, and they eat all the brush that's around your house. And I thought of getting a couple goats just year round because we have a, you know, behind the guest house, there's a corral. There's like a horse thing behind there. Did you ever see that? No, I, I did. I, yeah, I, I explored yeah, all yeah. around there. So I thought, like, get some, get some, get a little pony and get some, get some uh, goats and put them in there and some chickens. Well, goats are but, way easier to take care of. But then you guys know me. Then I thought, how much hassle is that? How much fucking hassle is that? A pony? Uh, it's a lot of work. But <laughs> a but pony, goats, a couple like, goats. Dude, it's so funny because these guys come up and mow the lawn and uh, they just dump the grass over the fence to the goats. Yeah, and yeah, the goats get eat to eat it. in the lawn. They eat just about anything you throw over there. They're, they're amazing and they're smart and they're funny and they're British. I don't know why, but they uh, <laughs> they are. That's crazy. So, Chuck, when you were gone... I bought an old RV on Craigslist and I'm now RV camping, <laughs> camping RV obsessed. I was out in it today, Mike, for like three hours oh my working God, on so it. Awesome. Wait, is it. Wait, is it a trailer it. or a motor? No, no, it's a, it's a Econoline van. It's a, it's made by Fleetwood. I figured it out. It's not Winnebago. It's a Fleetwood. How great oh, is that? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Nice. Fleetwood. Yeah. It's a Fleetwood Winnebago. And now break the and, news. Uh, now break the news. What year is it, Bob? It's a 1994, Chuck. Don't be scared. <laughs> Whoa, no, I'm, it's I'm not, not going to break down. It's not going to break great down year. outside of El Paso, Texas, when it's 120 <laughs> degrees. It is not going to break. I promise you. You better touch wood. Those, that's a strong <laughs> statement. It's not going to break down. Really? <laughs> so. You know, I can't imagine we're going past, uh, you know, the Grand Canyon, really. We're not going past the Grand Canyon, and we're not going past Petaluma. So, uh, <laughs> and we're not going past, uh, I do want to go to that Zion National Forest, the one in Utah. Uh, the pretty rocks the, there, yeah. Yeah, 
So, so that's our parameters. It'll be like San Francisco or no, Lake Shasta is not that far from San Francisco. That's Mike Mart's favorite, favorite spot. It's a beautiful Lake place. Shasta, Lake Shasta to the, to, to the, uh, Mount Zion down to, you know, four corners to Albuquerque and, and, and back. That's a, that's a, that, you can break down anywhere in that and you can get home in like four hours. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude. We'll leave up the thing behind. Hit up Warren. Warren. You get up there. He's got go-karts on property. He's got motorcycles and mini bikes and all sorts of fun stuff to do to, uh, up there. Get yeah, out there. No. You, you, you know, there's a, uh, there, there's a, um, uh, hotel that's built on a um uh it's a crater that you can (laughs) swim in in utah do you have you ever heard of it no but it sounds like sounds like a crack run you were (laughs) there's a crater you can nah you know what utah's tried to kill me three times i'm never going oh it's great you gotta look it up man it's uh it's uh, it's awesome well, the, well, I just want to, you know, it's, I want to get called the, the kids. Home, it's called the Homestead Resort, and uh, it's built on a crater. And there's a giant, there's a, there's a giant swimming area, and then a huge hole in the top of the rock, and it's all enclosed, and it's inside, and it's like hot geysers and all kinds of stuff. It's this hotel called the Homestead Crater in Utah. Mm. Look it up, Bob. While you're there, you I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it? he didn't want to go on camera. Are you seeing I'm, it? No, I just, I just love just thinking about camping. Chuck is my thing. Just thinking about it, not really doing it, but, uh, but just the idea of it. I mostly like it in my yard and going out there and working. <laughs> oh, what, what do you? A, you know when you, you when you do it? homestead crater. It's Homestead Crater and then Homestead Crater Death. Like they, they people die. People one die. Guy, one guy died because he went down too far. <laughs> Spoiled it for everybody. Decided to go diving down and he couldn't get back up. And because it's fifty five. How do you know deep. about the? How do you know about the death? Because I want to go to the Homestead Crater and stay there someday and go swimming in the hot springs in the crater. It's a. It looks like an amazing place. You know, oh yeah, it's a fancy. Not... It's a fancy hotel, Mike. Well, you can and go then... in there, and you don't have to stay there. You can just go into the spa part and the uh, and the um and the and the. Yeah, I'm part. looking at. It. It's got a golf course. Like Mike Mart, you are so middle class. This is where you want to oh, go. This would be great. Uh, middle class. I'm proud. Dude, of I'm a working class. class guy. I'm a working class guy. I don't have money to spend on a fancy place like this. I'm taking my kids. And I'm going out in the desert. We're turning the generator on, and we're gonna stare at uh, at the nature this is fancy i'm I, mike mart i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you how much it is per night this is i bet you i bet you this is 300 a night book now let's just see uh i'm telling you this is expensive two adults two kids you don't um, need to stay there it says you can go in soaking and the diving into the crater just all that's all you can do you know you don't, you don't have to stay there <laughs> You can either go and just hang out and soak, or you can just go and get a, you can get a, the special room and soak deal. Dude, $183 a oh, night. Oh, big deal. <laughs> $183 a night. 
three dollars a night. That's nothing. That's staying. But see, that's but a you, lot of money. That's a yeah. But you, you staying in a crater. <laughs> you can you can you can take that van and you can go down to San Alejo and stay on the cliffs overlooking the beach there for forty dollars a night. Just think of the so song you, get, you could write, Bob. Think oh yeah, the songs I could write. Yeah. Hey, I did a photo session yesterday. Yes, uh, with Dimitri from Off, the the guitar player from Off. He's such a great photographer. I got these great photos. I'll send you. I'll okay. send, and it's already a promo thing. Wait, I, I need a picture. What's I need a for? picture of you for my wallet. I don't have a picture <laughs> for my wallet, Bobby. Well, I'm trying to find. Uh, look at this. So th look at this picture, guys. I'm going to send it to both of you. It's a. Uh, it's it's Elvis is in the background on his phone in an abandoned pool, and then I'm flipping off the camera. That's perfect forest. That's the perfect forest photo. So what's it for though? Oh, that's a beautiful. It's for photo. Thelonious He's... Monsters. Thelonious Monsters got. Oh, the release um, is coming out on November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. November third. Nice. November third. That's beautiful. Right, that's the promo. Let me. Okay, I'm going to show you guys. Oh, oh, you like you like it. Okay, yeah. let me yeah. show. You, let me show you something that's so cool. We'll put it you up. Guys. I'll put it up on. The, Look uh, at this. Look at this. Look at where's your names? It's so hard. Why it doesn't? There it is. Look at this thing. Already a poster in Holland. Look at that. Oh my god! It's so cool. So, anyways, so much is going on. I feel. I feel totally. What? I feel totally guilty. Like I had two records come out. I got a book coming out. Like my, my aloe, um, aloe has survived COVID, though we've had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, of uh, scary moments. Not scary, but, um, you know, we had some staff members get COVID. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I hope no, no clients. Gonna... How have you done, Chuck? We've had no clients in this whole eight months. It's crazy. That's... Like drug addicts are immune to COVID. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, I think they do better than the average bear for sure because they they got to be able to survive out there. But the um, we've we've had people come in and then we've had to quarantine them and then um, because everybody's got to be checked out now. You know, and that's like what I was I was seeing a thing today uh, about how. Yeah, but you can get checked. I told you, you can get checked in an hour. We haven't been right. checked no, in an hour. I, I had to do that. That I had to do that once. So, yeah, but, so yeah, I've done it twice. Three, no, three times, right? The hour one really quick. They come out to your car mm -hmm. and uh, and they always allow it. Maybe it's because it's in Malibu. They kind of allow you to try to do it yourself. And then they go, no, no, no. And then they just shove it up in your fucking brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and the last time I did it a couple of like, um, I guess about three weeks ago now, last time I did it, um, I really was trying to push it up as far as I could because I don't like when they touch the thing. Though they got gloves and covers and masks and everything. Yeah, but what once did they, they touch hand with those gloves? Me, yeah. the, once they hand it to me, I just really was serious, like, I'm going to fucking do it right this time. And I shoved it what I thought was very far up. And then the guy just said, oh, no, no, no. And then he fucking did it. Yeah. And for some reason, you're, and I just, uh, I feel like after eight months of the whole world's focus on medicine, there's no better way to test people than shove something up in their <laughs> brain, eyeball socket. They're just sadistic, man.
I got tested. <laughs> no, it, it, I got tested it, twice to do a, a Netflix um, um, thing at the uh, at the Performing Arts Center, and uh, they didn't. It didn't. They didn't stick up that far. It didn't make your eye water. You feel like a it's little up bit, in yeah. But I mean, well, it burns a little bit too. Whatever's on that burned me. Hey, nah, it seems well, to burn hurts, a little it bit. It hurts. It hurts, but it's worth doing. And and every time I went, I always wanted to be positive because I figured, you know, I had I had a cold flu for a while there about three months ago, and I was thinking if that was COVID, I'm so good with it. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Because you hear about these people that don't get sick at all. So every time I get tested, all the other people are hoping they're not positive. I'm always hoping I'm positive because if I if this is the sickest you get, I'm golden, right? Well, that's hopefully that's the direction. The doctor that was talking today was saying that most of the new cases, he's at like Good Lord or Almighty Lord place in like tri-state area back east. And he was talking about how most of the COVID cases they're catching now are not people that are symptomatic. They're people that are coming in for surgeries or other procedures and they're being tested as like a, uh, you know, precaution. So then they're not going into like ICU or anything like that because they're asymptomatic. They're just being watched and just being released a few days later. And I'm hoping that that's the, I, I've understood that it, I, it's supposed to be like mitigating down or whatever the freaking medical term is for it, where it's just not as violent as it was. It's it's getting softer. It's kinder. No, I think, I think the I think the people that are at high risk are know they are, and they're being more more conscious of it. I mean, you know, it's so in in a politically correct society like we have, you can't even talk about this disease this plague honestly and and you know medically you know so you use terms like you know at risk co-occurring you know uh, we pretty much know what the co-occurring illnesses are yeah and they uh and no one can talk about it and so one of the interesting things that i i've noticed is you know, and I'm I'm a liberal. Like I know people paint me as a conservative. I'm a liberal. I think he should be able to do whatever the fuck he want to do, literally anything that doesn't include harming other people. So, and and I'm an ACLU member. I believe, yeah, let the racists give their rants and whatever. And and I have enough faith in goodness and intelligence and and common sense and compassion and the human human kind of humans being above apes that i believe i believe reasoning (laughs) i believe reason and logic and compassion will rule out over racism stupidity and ignorance now i might be wrong at this point i believe that was maybe true up till about five years ago right but but it's so interesting that you can't even talk about this thing logically it, 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 you have to tiptoe around it. I'm tiptoeing around it right now. But I can unhealthy, feel it. It's tense. Un, it's tense. <laughs> un, unhealthy people are at high risk to this thing. Right. And, and yeah. you know, and if and and I can tell you, Donald Trump seems like one of the most unhealthy people I've ever seen, and he survived it. Well, he's got the best yeah. doctors yeah. in the world, and you don't really even know if he had it, dude. You, you just now, that's the that. other oh, thing. I believe that. You don't even know. I believe, no, that's uh, no wait way a minute, knowing. Chuck. 
Chuck, it is one of the first conspiracies I'm I'm believing in that he never uh, had it. Never had we believe it. the conspiracies we want to, don't we? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I don't believe like I don't believe ninety percent of the conspiracies, but this one, yeah, this one got you my interest. <laughs> <laughs> so what's but anyways, anyways, is with just, depression? But depression, the thing that we we uh, are ignoring in America, which is th- so diagnosis people who meet criteria for major depression has increased 700% since March in America. Seven wow, times not- more people are being, are, are meeting criteria for major depression seven times more. But, and you know what that leads to Chuck suicide, suicide, d- divorce, drug use, alcoholism, drug use, alcohol abuse, uh, hospitalizations, uh, yeah. uh, violence, gun violence. This is Road fucking rage. crazy. What's going yeah. on? And we're just we're just not going to talk about that. That's not as important as all these people that are dying. It, it's madness to me. It's madness. No. That, I, I, I'm really that hoping you can we have get some clarity soon. Seven hundred seven times more people in eight months diagnosed with depression in america not in not in not in korea or china or russia or england in america but america they were already is, sad no they weren't they, <laughs> no, you gotta travel more people are not as in other parts listen I, I i went i always talk about the time i went to costa rica so that's boring so i went to the uh i forget where it was it was like malaysia or thai it's like it's like an english part of thailand or whatever dude there's poverty like you've never fucking seen in your life and those people are smiling and laughing and you go to to any suburb and i hate to say it you you guys are the king you go to any suburb irvine of, of orange counties irvine lake forest People are fucking angry and miserable, and they oh, have we, fucking. We could do everything. that in LA today too. Oh boy, they have everything, and they're angry and miserable. Oh yeah, and oh, and, oh. and and I forget well, where is Malaysia. It's Malaysia. It's like it's like the Philippines, maybe. God, I was so high for so much of my life. I've been places I don't even know. How about the fact that Chuck? I don't even know what hemisphere I'm describing. I just know I was there. <laughs> I just know they were Asian-ish people. That they, <laughs> but they were happy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because Jeffrey Lee Pierce used to always grind me. You've never been to Vietnam, man. You've got to go to Vietnam. Come with me to Vietnam. And I was like, Jeffrey, I've been to Malaysia. And he goes, that's not Vietnam. I go, well, it's somewhere around there. <laughs> where, where did his travel money come from? Jeez, that guy went everywhere. Yeah, he did go everywhere. He was you know, good we with haven't talked about him in a while. He was very good with his publishing. He but he, he was also doing. was very successful in Europe. I mean, Jeffrey played 5,000 seat places in Europe. Really? Yeah, you know, Gun Club in America was like Peppermint Lounge, the Roxy, Viper Room. But you go see him in France, it was crazy. He's like at the 5,000 seat place, right? Right, yeah, right, right. And you got to understand, he ripped every, you know, I'm not, not ripped off, but he didn't pay people. His girlfriend was the bass player, paid the drummer, and he kept all the money. 
<laughs> I mean, he had to down to a science, really. You got your girlfriend playing bass. You guys split costs, so you just pay the drummer. That's a good way to do it. See, I can't play guitar, and I can't write songs by myself, and I don't yep. have a girlfriend musician, so but I can never like, do that. It looks like you're going to Europe. Yeah, with like seven people. Wow. Mike Mart's going. Mike Mart's going. Uh-oh. You're going, Mike Mart? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> you, you haven't gotten the invite yet hey i bought it you know what i bought bob I hey i gotta i gotta i gotta give this company a uh a plug man i bought a 12 string guitar from orangewood guitars they're los angeles based and they don't have a store they're an online store they design them and then they have them made over in china so they can have them done cheaply but they design them really great and then they bring them back over here and they set them up and then they sell them for less expensive and they don't have to pay a storefront and everything right it is the best yeah. guitar i have I, it's a 12 string stays in tune plays beautiful orange wood guitars everybody Go online. <laughs> you check heard them it out. here first. Yeah. And how much? How much is it? It was five hundred bucks. It was four ninety nine. No, that's that's cheap. I know for cheap? a twelve string. Yeah, it is because like the twelve string I have is a Fender and it's a low end twelve string, and it was four hundred. Yeah, and it doesn't play well, right? It, it plays all right. Yeah, it, that means it works, it but play it's well. I. But but I'm not I'm not bragging about it. That's for sure. I'll show you, know you what this I mean? one, Chuck. It's beautiful. Amazing. I love, I love a twelve string. I drop it, and it sounds yeah. nice. Well, that's so, awesome. So, so let's um, let's talk about this depression thing, though. Are you seeing it, hey, Chuck? Because can I, we talk honestly I'm seeing about it. drugs and depression, though? Because I mean, because we're in recovery. Well, that's where it leads to. So, I wanted to tell you a phone call I had. So, a guy called me and said, "Hey, I want to go to your rehab," and I said, "Okay, what's been going on?" And he goes. Not much. What's been going on with you? And I go, dude, you're calling me. Asking me to go to rehab. He goes, no, no. Like, you know, like I party, but um, I party, but uh, but I I really want to go just to to be with people, and I'm so depressed and isolated and whatever. And and like I started to realize this is a person who can afford to go to rehab. Like, what about the millions of people that? can't even go to the grocery store and buy food for their children. I mean, this fucking thing is really bad and it seems like it's being glossed over. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. People well, are talking I, about depression and, and suicide and drugs, drugs are no, out of control. Alcohol is out of control. Um, alcohol is, alcohol is the one that's like that. I'm, I'm just saying the, is way way out of hand. I mean, people are still dying. There's still fentanyl and everything. I've had I a lot been of hearing about. Just, has there been some deaths? Because literally, yeah. either I'm not paying attention. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that it just doesn't get reported because everyone's so isolated. It's it's not news anymore. No one cares because you know drug addiction is a choice. You know, so it's not like COVID where you get it because other people won't wear a mask or that they're bad. Or because of Bill Gates or whatever, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's speaking like speaking of conspiracy theories. Oh, how about man. this? Can I just say it for the nine hundredth time that I've said it on every podcast when it's ever come up? So everybody's so nervous and paranoid about Bill Gates or George Soros or Trump or the government. 
tracking them with some sort of implant. And yet everyone walks around with their phones that are tracked by GPS and they tell everybody everything on social media that they're doing and thinking. How, how is it that they would have to put an implant in you? You tell them where you are and what you're thinking every second of every fucking day. Yep. You fucking idiots. And you gave them facial recognition and all that stuff a long time ago. So it's like, yeah. Cookies. Yeah. Cookies. Oh, yes to cookies. Because I got to get this thing off of my phone so I can look at whatever it is I want to look at. (laughs) Like every time, every time it asks you to, you will, you accept cookies. I like push. No, like, no, I don't even know what cookies are, but I don't fucking want you spying on me. Right? It doesn't matter. I, I don't think but, it matters if you say no or not. I think if you say you no, you get that. twice as many. Yeah. So much of the Soros, Bill Gates conspiracy nonsense on the internet is about them putting an implant in you to try to brain yeah. control you. Yet you're already brain controlled by Russian bots on your fucking Facebook book, yearbook, old people's social media platform. And you, and you, mm-hmm. and you tell everybody what you do and think every day. Did, did you madness. watch social dilemma yet? It sounds like you did. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I know about it. Everybody's been telling me about it, but I've been social thinking dile- about this. Social stuff. dilemma and the great hack go into that stuff in pretty good detail. It's been it's been around for a minute, but you know, just because it's a documentary, I figure they've got to have a, an angle or a point they want to make. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But yeah, that's they're not pull, they're not pulling a, they're not pulling a lot of punches about that stuff about how everything is designed to get you to click more and more often, and it's designed to be drug like in its effect, and it's working. And yeah, the way I mean, it's used obvious, to influence voters and everything else, the great hack gets into that. And then I fucking the watch. Dilemma. I watched both. I got advice for you. Don't watch either of them because it's all bull. It's it just seems so boring to me. <laughs> no, man. but I let me let me tell you dilemma. something. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of something. Something came up that I knew was an absolute, absolute. I know for a fact lie. And the guy who told it to me said, no, I heard this. And I said, no, but it's not true. It's not true. I heard it. And doesn't he said, mean it's how, true. Do you, how do you know? And I said, because I'm a part of it and it's not true. And the guy said, well, what is, what does that mean? Maybe you don't know. I said, no, I'm at the center of it. I know everything. It's not true. No, of this issue, Chuck. Okay. <laughs> right? It was just simply about, about, it was just, I don't want to get into it, but it was, okay. it was reported, uh, a lie was reported, and I knew that it was a lie, and my friend told me, hey, did you hear this? And I said, that's a lie, that's not true. There was no way of convincing my friend that that was not true, because it was on his phone. Yeah. It was the most amazing thing I ever seen. And, and your friend is probably a reasonable, intelligent person totally with most smart, other things. Reasonable, really good guy. Uh, yeah. And I was so shocked. I was like, dude, no, you gotta trust me on this. And so what what it points out is people trust their phones and the information that they get from them more than they trust their friends. And that, my friends, Ooh. is frightening. Good point. Kind of weird, man. 
kind of weird, right? I tell you, and so I'm, I am, so, I am a much happier person not following any of that shit, not watching the news. Uh, I stopped doing that a long time ago. I don't. I saw the social dilemma. I watched ten minutes of it and goes, uh, you know, I was bored. Whatever. I don't want. I just don't want to hear. It. Who cares if they're putting an implant in? I, I, I rented. Jimmy Who Carter. cares if they're putting an implant in? That's going to be the highlight. That's the name of this podcast. Who cares, cares if they're putting implants dude, in us? What are they? What, I, Who fucking cares. Who the fuck cares, man? There's, there's cameras. There are literally cameras every step. You are a fucking genius. Dude, every step exactly. you take. Every step you take is recorded on a camera. Every step you take, take outside of me, I don't care. <laughs> Is fucking recorded by a camera. You know how about, that? How about the, Wait a minute. I want to take that one step further. One step further. How about the people that believe in this shit are all fucking losers who don't even have fucking jobs? Why would anybody want to track them? Oh shit! Yeah. God, man. You know. So my advice is to watch some music there documentaries. Is one, there is one particular. There is one particular friend of me and Mike's, I won't say who it is, who's always believing this shit. And I'm like, dude, you haven't had a job in like eight years. <laughs> like, who I know who cares? it is. Where you go and what you do. Nobody cares. I'm your friend. I've known you for 35 years. I don't fucking care. Who cares? Who fucking cares? They they they're not gonna chip you, dude. That's what you tell. <laughs> but all the conspiracy people are. If I was gonna chip people, all the conspiracy people who don't want to chip, I would. I would be like, yeah, cool. We're really not concerned with you. Yeah, can you can you imagine? Can you imagine the plant? The, the people planning we don't this. Really care. Yeah, we weren't gonna waste our eleven dollar chip yeah. on you. Yeah. <laughs> Think about how expensive that is to track a bunch of nobodies. Think about it. So <laughs> all, they really, literally, are the people that no one wants to track. Yeah. <laughs> fucking millions of dollars on tracking people who don't fucking matter. <laughs> damn. Who the fuck oh, how is sad. Hey, have yeah, you watched? How sad. Yeah, that would be. We should change it around that those who are worthy of tracking. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I hope I hope they want to track me. I oh, hope dude. they want to track me. I don't want to That's be a loser. Like, it's like the new insult. Dude, you don't even get a chip. <laughs> You're not worth the chip. <laughs> yeah, so Soros and Bill Gates, you're not on the yeah. list. They don't, don't want to know about you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one will chip you, loser. That's so Lame. Funny. Oh my god, that's the greatest! What are they gonna do? Ship like millions of homeless people to follow them to Malibu? To Malibu, well, where we, they park their RVs maybe along they the coast? should attract their migration. Oh, and maybe he mentioned could... Mike just mentioned the magical word R letters RV Chuck. I'm telling you, yeah. RVs, RVs is the craziest. It's the craziest underworld I've ever seen. It's like a mafia. Tell him about giant RV. Uh, yeah, giant RV. The guy, the guy wouldn't even get up out of his chair to talk to me because I had a '94. Oh <laughs> yeah. But, but let me tell you this. <laughs> the, but the reason why they're so in demand, literally, they're snatched up. They're posted on Craigslist or on eBay. They're literally snatched up within minutes. Because, and, and Mike, since we did that last podcast, I talked to another guy. He said, no, people are living in them. 
<laughs> that the the guy who because I got all the windows tinted in it. The window tinter goes, "How much? How much you pay for this?" And I said five grand. And he said, "Oh, good deal. Where are you going to park it?" And because uh, once again, Mike, I look like a homeless person. <laughs> so I said, "I said Venice. in my in my driveway." And he goes, "Oh, oh." I thought you were going to get uh, uh, the stall up on Foothill. This is, there's just like a little RV mobile home park, right? And he said, only $400 for all electric gas uh, uh, cable. And I was like, no, I, I'm not going to live in it. I'm not going to live in it. Yeah, so but then that's I realized, 100 bucks a week. That's fantastic. Yeah, if, 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 yeah, 1997, 1996, when I got sober, 97, 98. Winnebago would have been great, better than Chris Hoy's couch. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> right? So, but that's why they're in demand because people are living in them. And so here's here's an idea I had, Chuck, and you know this from dealing with pro, parole and probation. So in parole and probation, if you're coming from another state and you want to tra- you want to come to California, there's this exchange thing that they do where you have to you know, put it, put in a, a report from your probation or parole officer in Connecticut. I tried to do this with Memphis, right? The guy from the movie and a couple other clients of mine from one from South Dakota, one from Illinois, because they had these, the, they were on probation or parole. You have to get California to accept right. your probation or parole. And it's really hard, but they'll, they do this thing where they exchange like, okay, California will take like, you know, there's there's like an exchange of of, of uh, favors, of favors, yeah. right? Of yeah. exchange rate. And I thought, and 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 simultaneous to that probation parole exchange, where yeah, California will take two. You guys have got to take two of ours within the you know the next twenty four months or something. There's another exchange that went on when California prisons got too overcrowded. We started housing our California criminals in Alabama and Mississippi prisons. Did you know that? And we paid Mm-mm, for them to I be did not there. Know that. Right. So I just started thinking: all these people that are out here that can't find work, can't find a job, can't get mental health treatment, can't get addiction treatment. Maybe we could do this exchange, and like, well, Los Angeles would pay for them to live in you know, another, a, le- a more affordable place where there's more jobs like Arizona or, or, but I, I don't, Alabama, Louisiana, I don't know if that's possible to set up like, a. it, it sounds crazy and it sounds kind of not right, but I, I don't mean it to not be moral or ethical or compassionate, just like this homeless, <laughs> uh, like a homeless exchange kind of program. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Sending them to the desert to cook? In the fucking no, 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 like this idea where California, instead of spending fifty thousand dollars a year on each homeless person in Los Angeles and the homeless problem it just gets worse and worse, we'd pay fifty thousand dollars to Alabama to deal with these uh, this person, right? Deal with these. <laughs> just get them moved along because because literally the city of Los Angeles estimated spends between thirty four and fifty thousand dollars per homeless person per year. Where that money goes, who the fuck knows, <laughs> right? Yeah, but so I was so like, do, do we chip them to follow them or not? Yeah, we <laughs> got no. We got to, What we got to do is we got to. Yeah. Are they worth we've the gotta, chip? Are we've got to financially motivate the the person that's living in the Winnebago on Venice Beach. So we'd have to say, hey, dude, we're gonna give you five grand, and then you're set up to go 
to to Alabama or Mississippi or or Louisiana. You can go, you know, go report to this this social services uh, office, and they're gonna set up a whole exchange of you living there now instead of out here. <laughs> And here's you know, 50, I, and here's fifty dollars because we are fifty thousand dollars. No, I'm talking trusting. about give them five grand. You got to give them real five money. They're, okay, like, well then, well, here's what's the going to make them to, leave? They're not. They're just going to. And stay when you and look at you're you're right. I don't know if it's in Huntington Beach, but it's definitely Venice has been ruined by homeless people. Oh my like, god! Like there's thousands and, you know, and thousands of homeless people in Venice now. Who doesn't want to live in Venice? Now it's here's the, the greatest thing, though, place. Bob. The police have been told to leave them alone. The police have I know, literally I know been that. told to leave I, them alone. You know, and I understand that. Like, I, I, I don't know, rousting people. Now that there's so many, like when I was homeless in 94, 95, there wasn't that many homeless people. And most of us slept in our cars and we were kind of embarrassed to be homeless. Now there's this, like, pride to be homeless. Or, I, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, this, like, this it, kind of, this kind of, it, it, what is it? It's, it's, it's not, a strange it's, subculture of, of some that some of the ones that especially are choosing to remain, you know, like on the street, which is not all of them, but a fair amount of them. There is, there's, there is a pride and there is a weird thing. And there's, uh, it, well, what do you think? How much do you, somebody asked me on some Dr. Drew podcast, how many of the, the people I think of the 50,000 homeless people in Los Angeles of which, you know, I've probably seen or met a few hundred, maybe a thousand. Right. So, so how much percentage do you, I think, have addictive disorder? I said like half, at least half. So half of the problem isn't a homeless problem. It's a drug and alcohol problem. Right. It's, right? Not, it's not primarily mental health. According to our friends who we get our people from in Long Beach, they're the um, homeless cops down there. They said yeah. three out of four is uh, drug mental. use, alcohol, drug use primarily. And that, that you know, that they're that these are ones that they can move off that don't need long-term hospitalization. They just need treatment at three out of four, but that's just an informal. That's just the cops that that's their job day in, day out. They talk to all the homeless. They find treatment for those that want it. And the other ones, they just kind of keep them moving along. Yeah. And, and, and so, so they're saying how much is the three out of three out of four are, are, are addictive drug and or alcohol. Yes. Our addictive disorder. Substance use disorder. Substance use disorder. (laughs) So, and then, and then, how much are schizophrenia? Well, he says you were saying like twenty five percent. One, one of four is just like there's. So why is it called the homeless problem exactly? Because that's the umbrella term for all of them, right? For everybody on the. I don't know that it's seventy five percent. I've talked to a lot of people. They're just kind of. There's a lot of mental illness. At least the homeless homeless encampments I've stopped and tried to help out. Well, this this is also in Long Chen. Beach where, where you got to be kind of quick and on your game. This, you can't be caught slipping in Long Beach. It's a little different game. Yeah, you can you can kind of slip in. It's Eagle not as Rock. homeless. It's not as homeless friendly. Oh, okay, but Eagle Rock, Mount Washington, Figueroa. I've talked to a lot of people there, and and a lot of them are seriously mentally ill. I mean, they can track a little bit, but then, you know, they're paranoid. They get paranoid, which then you can't differentiate. Is it meth or is it or is it schizophrenia? Right. Because they meth- get paranoid. Psychosis looks exactly the same a lot of times. And they right? get they get real agitated, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Is I 
because they have set up showers and all these hand washing things outside. There's two big homeless encampments right by uh, Elvis's house where he lives with his mom and stepdad. And I've talked to that. I've talked to them a few times um, and, and they don't mind being like that and they're not ashamed. That's the weird different cultural thing than when I was homeless. I was ashamed of it. I didn't want people to know I was homeless. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so when that, that kind of, uh, kind of, what is it called? Stigma of being homeless is gone. Um, you just start to accept like, this isn't a bad way to live. I got the Winnebago parked under the 210 freeway. I got, you know, I got access to food at Vons and McDonald's. I got access to panhandling. I've got access to drugs and alcohol. EBT it's kind of a card. Good life. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. EBT card, Obama phone, and we're in business. Now, Bob, so, do, you remember, I mean, do you remember when you were homeless? And I actually was like this in New York when I went to try and live in New York, and I ended up living in Ann Tagnallo's um, storefront. <clears throat> Until yeah. it got too cold. That wasn't, that's not homeless. Well, I was kind of homeless and on the street, and I had to kind of act crazier than I was, you know? Otherwise, people would not fucking leave you alone. They would prey on you. So, if, but if you were, you know, <laughs> acting crazy, they would stay the fuck away from you. Was that with the, how it was with you when you were on the street? Did you act crazy and stuff kind of on purpose? I acted crazy with the drug dealers because... I never had enough money, so I would just I, I liked them thinking I was kind of crazy because then they give me a, a ten dollar rock for like five dollars and a bunch of change because they just want to <laughs> get rid of me. Okay. No, this is true. Like this, yeah, I, 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 like I, I was down in there living in an abandoned Volkswagen on Bonnie Bray and between Fifth uh, and Sixth Street in a vacant lot there, and. You know, and you, and was I crazy? Yeah. And was I out of my mind on drugs? Yeah. And was I paranoid? Yeah. But, but I still knew that this was something that I had to get my way out of. And what I'm starting to notice, what I'm starting to notice with the people that are in it, they're not really thinking that this is something I got to get my way out of. Yeah, but can right? you can you fake mental illness to these professionals who come but and check on people statistically? I don't know that you can. You are mentally like you're agitated, irritable. You're you're hungover. You don't have any money. You got to figure out how to eat and how to get some cigarettes and how to get some booze and how to get some drugs. So, so yeah, it's it's. Um, but you see what I'm getting at, right? It could be like you know, here comes the social workers. Everybody act nuts. I don't know if it's that as much as they a really are. Bit, maybe? I and think we should get down there and live with them for a few months and find out. You have well, to, I've, you have I, to I've act been crazy to survive. I have been stopping at this one place just to try to, you know, because it just seems, you know, I just want to. Sometimes I feel guilty of how fortunate I am, and I drive past. I drive past this encampment like five times a week, and so. When I, sometimes when I have time, I'll just pull over and talk to this one guy. And I talk to him a couple times and he gets, he's really cool. He, he, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, he seems like he's probably my age, 55, 60 years old. And he's just lives there in this big, huge tent that he's got. Like it's, it's, it's like a lot of rooms and everything. And he kind of runs the show under the 210 by Figueroa. 
And sometimes he's just so agitated or he gets agitated when he's talking to me that it's kind of obvious that it's maybe meth, but it could be schizophrenia coming and going, could be a combination of both. And when I think about what the, the, that the government or Garcetti or all these do-gooders call it a homeless problem. It's not, it's not that that's such right. a misleading well, term for what the problem right. is because, yeah. because if it's a homeless <laughs> problem, let's just get them a bunch of homes. Right, <laughs> it's right, right. Exactly. It. There, there are is, open homes. There are places for them to go. There's just, there's the problem that's keeping them from living them. In there, them is you know? a, there is a street mentality, though. If you remember back when we used to hang out with Top Jimmy and stuff, and when you were walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and if one of the crazies came up to you, Top Jimmy would just run at him with his fist and go, get the fuck away from me. You know, and right, have right. nuts. And, he, they, and, they would, and it was a defense mechanism. But Tomato, why the him. other, but that was Jimmy's version. But Tomato used to always say, you know, he'd be walking down Hollywood Boulevard and there'd be literally somebody sleeping with their pants down and something. And Tomato would always say, that person, don't ever forget, Bob, that person has a mother and father who love them. They have a sister. They're, they're, he would try to bring humanness to them, right? Because you don't see them. You just step over them or they're irritating. Yeah, that Jimmy's not the best mentally healthy person <laughs> to, to use. But Tomato had this idea. Yeah, he would always true. say, that person has a mother and a father who love them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you and that I, I, I think that it's so weird now. I don't think that these people are being dealt with like they have a father and mother. They're being they're being I don't know. They're being sick. They're being kind of allowed to just suffer in front of us all. And we're thinking we're compassionate. That's what right. it is by not service serving them or rousing them or getting them into treatment or getting them into a mental health facility or getting them into an outpatient program or getting them medicine or getting them a social worker by just accepting that Los Angeles is going to be covered with Winnebago's and tents all over the place and thinking that we're compassionate for doing that. There's no one that can go to a homeless encampment and think this is a compassionate uh, approach to this. You can't. No, I, good point. Good point. I mean, that yeah, is, right. is, the, is that really being compassionate, allowing people to, to suffer and live like that? Because you, you said it, it's not a matter of there's not rooms to put people in. There's places, there's plenty of open rooms that if you're taking $50,000 a piece, you can get a hundred of them and you could, you could spend the money. And if just putting them into a house was, was going to end the problem, then calling them homeless would be correct. But how about mentally ill or drug addicted and stop calling them homeless? Yeah, and, and that we need to treat them and help them. And, and you know, here, but, but I'm, I'm telling you, I, just, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's, it's not going to end until we can have realistic conversations about it. And we can't right now because some of the things we're saying right now, we would be, we're going to be so attacked by uh, liberals. Like we're not compassionate, whatever. I, I stop and talk to these people. I give them hugs. I don't know all these uh, people that uh, want them to just live in tents, uh, actually talk to them or actually, you know, give them a hug or look them in the eyes. I have a song on the new album. It's called 16 Angels. It's about a guy when he was on his meds, I would talk to him probably every other day, every day. And he ended up stabbing the girl from CSI. You know, did you ever hear about that? Remember the oh. punk rock girl on CSI? 
weeks. No. He got stabbed by this guy that I was trying to help off and on for a year and a half. Jesus. And and um and he was oh, oh the girl with know, the black hair, the yeah, yeah, yeah. chick. Yeah. Yeah. And she um and you know, she was the same way. She was kind of compassionate. She was a homeless advocate and she would talk to him or whatever, I think. He was always at the corner of Argyle and Franklin because it's such a backup to get on the freeway. And that was my dry cleaner when I lived in Beachwood. So I saw him all the time. And the one-on-one cafes there, and he would be on Gower coming north to Figueroa sometimes. And he literally, no one helped him. And I wrote a song about him called 16 Angels that's on the new album. And it's about it's about how people just look like through you and they don't see you. And now, not only do the public who's walking and stepping over you not see you, but you're being placated with this liberal kind of pat ourselves on the back for being so compassionate to let you just lay in your own filth and be schizophrenic and 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 hear voices. And just and that's a compassionate society that allows that. It's not yeah. compassion. It's chicken shit, right? It's hypocrisy. We need to help these people. And the cops, I talked to the cops about the guy a couple of times, and they're like, we've booked him before, and then he just, you know, he gets put on his meds, and then he just gets released. And I say, well, we need to look at that. Like how, how you know, there are medications that last a month, you know what I mean? At least he would be of his right mind for a month. <laughs> there is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But that's that's always the problem is they go off. As soon as they start feeling better, they think that they, they and I'm, I can't speak not for all, all of them. Not all of I can't, them. You can't majority, speak for all of them, but they start feeling better. Definitely a majority of them don't want to be on their meds. And I've talked to a lot of schizophrenic people. I asked this friend of mine. Um, that I worked with 20 years ago. He had schizophrenia when he was on his meds. He was normally he was like my my co-pilot in when I worked at PRC. He was a great guy. And I asked him one time, I said, dude, uh, when you're hearing voices, is it like the voice inside your head like that's, uh, that talks to to you like i have a voice in my head that says bob you want to do this thing that's really you shouldn't and everybody knows you shouldn't but you want to do it you know how you talk to your own self inside your own mind i asked him if that's what it was only exaggerated or something and he said no 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 it's not that at all it's like i hear you talk to me and i turn and you're not there Mm, right yeah it, yeah it's the outside voice or the it's sense not in- of god talking to me and I said, so then why would you ever go off your meds? And he goes, he goes, because uh, stimulants also make the voices go away. And I love be- getting high. And so that, that mm-hmm. was about as plain spoken as it can be. He was a, yeah. a crack cocaine guy. So when you smoke crack cocaine, you feel all that joy, all that dopamine rush, all that excitement all that good feeling that stimulants give you and on his regular meds he's like a guy living in sober living just got out of prison got nowhere to live his dad and mom are dead his cousin doesn't want to talk to him the reality of what your life is the escape that drugs is is worth it that's what Mm -hmm. he told me it's worth it he said even if it's for a weekend so, so I know Eric Garcetti's never talked to people like this. I know that. And yet he's setting the agenda for our city. So I think people like us that have more experience with it, we need to, 
figure out what is a compassionate way to deal with this problem. You know, what is, I'll give, I'll give you an example. We've, we've been talking about moving back to LA and Chrissy said the other day, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should move to like Arizona or Montana or something. I'm starting to get my head around that idea. And, and I've been wanting to move away forever. Right. And so she, I said, I said, why the change of heart? And she goes, I don't know. It just seems good. You know, be in a more peaceful place. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tucson, Arizona ain't more peaceful than Los Angeles. You know, uh, Montana maybe is, but Arizona's not. And so yeah, I but realized... You can, but you can carry a sidearm. Pe- peaceful is code for no homeless people. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I really think Did she did. admit to she that? Did, she didn't see it, and she said, no, that's not what she meant. But I've heard a lot of different variations of why people want to move away uh, that are liberal and that don't want to admit that it's because people are pooping in your front yard, right? And it, and it is that, like, oh, it's more, more peaceful, more, you know, with more, with more, you know, nature back to nature and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And there ain't no homeless people there. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, just I just think, to Pasadena. There's no homeless people in Pasadena for some reason. I don't know. They probably roused them and sent them to somewhere, Washington. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> where they don't really tolerate it, I guess. Wow. That is, that is weird. there really isn't. How do they keep? No, out there's there? not. There's not a homeless problem in Pasadena. No, <clears throat> I don't know. Well, the city council must be something. <clears throat> maybe they maybe they pay the police to you know to to slowly move them on or something. They don't let them. That's crazy. Yeah, because it's got to be it's got to be similar to how they didn't have gays in Iran either, or Iraq. <laughs> it's the same sort of idea. If you don't have a population in your area, it's because you've gotten rid of it or you've forced it underground. Yeah. Because we're but, everywhere. But anyways, I just, I really think it's a complex problem. Here we are. We all, everybody talks about COVID every day. It's a tragedy. It's frightening. It's scary. Our, our kids are scared. Sydney calls it the sickness, like out of some horror movie. Um, but we can deal with it. And we, and, and we know what it is and we know how to solve it. And a solution is coming. I'm a thousand. I, I can tell you this about COVID. I'm a thousand percent confident that, that it will be, it will be conquered within the next 18 months, mental illness, depression, drug addiction, homelessness, um, uh, uh, trauma, sexual abuse of, 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 of children, uh, suicide, all the things that we deal with, alcohol and drug abuse, um, that's, we don't have a solution for it. And it's only getting worse. It's only getting worse and it's here to stay. And in 18 months, I know it's going to be worse than it is now. And 18 months after that, it's going to be even worse than it is then. And 18 months after that, it's going to be Worse than ever, because I've watched it go in my lifetime from 3,000 overdose deaths a year in 1987, the first year I went to rehab, to 90,000 people dying of drugs in my lifetime. In That's a year. ridiculous. Yeah. I, I mean, but, you know, it will be nice to just get back to the epidemics and not the pandemic so that we can actually maybe make some maybe make some headway hell i was watching bbc america tonight and they said in bangladesh they're passing a uh, death to rapist law because they're trying to end rape culture with extreme punishment i can't wait to see how that goes where is that in bangladesh yeah wow 
wow, wow, wow. Oh, it is crazy. Good, good for them. I say good for them. <laughs> Just kill problems away. That would be wonderful, but it doesn't seem like we can. Because at the rate people are dying from addiction, you'd think that it would it would be ending itself. That, but it just doesn't seem to have any, there doesn't seem to be any end to the, the people it can or will infect or affect. Yeah. So we've got we've to stay focused on our side of the aisle, and that is mental health, depression, addiction, uh, and compassion for our brothers and sisters that suffer from it. And guess what? They're sleeping under the 210 freeway. They're sleeping in front of uh, businesses in downtown Los Angeles. They're sleeping in Winnebago's along the 57 freeway. And it's not okay. And it's not a solution. Right. Stay compassionate. All right. That's great. I love you guys, man. All right. <laughs> you got to edit that whole in. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye-bye. That, that was a good All call. All right. See you. Bye, bye I love you guys. Bye-bye. See you bye-bye. later. Bye-bye.